It was a Monday, five days before Suzanne's last proof of life. On May 4, 2020, and just after 4 p.m., a call was entered into the CAD system, otherwise known as computer-aided dispatch. A fire was detected off of Marker 107, just minutes away from the Morphew home in Maysville, Colorado. Barry Morphew, who was a volunteer firefighter at the time, was part of the 17 firefighters who fought that fire. Initial reports said that it was human-caused, but it was later changed. But Mama has some questions. How did that fire really happen? And does it have anything to do with the Suzanne Morphew case? Why are there discrepancies in regards to it? And how did a huge fire like that go unnoticed? And one of the bigger questions, why was Barry Morphew messing with his bobcat at 2.30 in the morning later that night? Let's explore and dive because, as I say, the truth is in the details. So now, let's get into it. According to this handy-dandy report by the Chafee County Fire Protection District, the alarm went off on May 4th at 3.44 p.m. and the initial responders were on scene at 4.01 p.m. Now at 4.04 p.m. the actual call was entered into the CAD system, although the coordinates were really wrong and a caller actually reported smoke coming from the area. Nine different units then arrived on scene, as I said, and Barry was one of the responders. And it looks like a pretty interesting spot, as it's near where Suzanne's bike helmet was found. Now, I'll show you a view from the road just north of that fire. It's hard to see what's going on down there, isn't it, from the road. Here's some pictures of the firefighters fighting that fire that day. From my understanding, firefighters also will dig while they fight the fire. So I am curious if there was any digging or much digging on this day. Chafee County Fire posted on Facebook to show that they saved a little piece of history a historic cabin just west of Fusas Creek on private property. The area is an old ghost town called Arborville, and it was known to have a brothel in the area back in the day. Now, I wonder how much Barry knew about the history. In the fire department's report, it says that they had to cut a chain at the locked green gate access to historic town site of Arborville. Now, it says that it's near mile marker 207, but in different articles, it's saying that it was near the RV park closer to Barry's home. From my understanding now, it's actually two different spots where Arborville is located or some of the buildings. As for the fire, here's how big that bad boy was. It was said it was 5.5 acres were burned in media, but in actuality, the report says it was 5.75 acres, which actually equals to 250,470 square feet. In the grand scheme of things, it really isn't that big, especially to firefighters, right? But it's not tiny either. Now, I plotted it out on what it would look like on a map, which is not huge, like I said, but it's still enough to not be tiny. Note, what I'm showing you is not the actual plots. I just wanted to give an idea of the square footage and what it could look like. Now, let's get into some of the discrepancies. The fire was first labeled as human caused. Then, according to the media, it was a small branch on a tree. But in the report, it says fire not caused by person. And it also says fire was believed to have started from tree that fell into power line. Also in the media, 
It talked about having to clean up on Tuesday and that the fire was started on Tuesday, but that is incorrect. It was on Monday that the fire started, according to the official report anyway, and the CAD. In the report, they give you coordinates that I showed you the location earlier in this video, but the CAD had the coordinates wrong. It randomly sent me to some mountain far away. When asking for a map from the chief, here's what Chief Bertram said. The record responsive to your CORE request is attached. The district does not have a map or other documentation beyond the incident report attached. Now, if you remember that name, Chief Bertram was actually talking about Suzanne way back when she first went missing. He was in the media and he said that it was normal for Suzanne to go for a bike ride after church on Sundays. My question is, says who, Barry? So now let's shift gears and go to Barry's blankie, I mean Bobcat. After Suzanne was reported missing, he carried that thing everywhere, more than as usual. Barry's cat had GPS, and I have the coordinates to its whereabouts from the fire day, all the way to the 9th, the day that authorities believe that Suzanne was killed, and the day before she was reported missing. One thing to note, when I look at the Bobcat report, the time that the Bobcat started running on page one was on Monday, at 7.08 p.m. and the Bobcat's location is just behind Anytime Fitness in Poncha Springs, which we saw Barry get arrested there back in 2021 in May. So I thought, hmm, shouldn't he be fighting fires at this time? I go back to the fire report. There were nine crews responding to that fire and all of them, with the exception of one of them, cleared the scene at 8.09 p.m. The one who left early cleared the scene at 5.48 p.m. Huh. I thought, did Barry leave at this time? If so, he'd have to clear up, head to the station, grab his truck and his bobcat, most likely from back home, and then head into town. That would be a minimum of 35 minutes according to my calculations, especially if he has to load his bobcat on the trailer or anything like that. That would put him in and around 6.30 p.m. Plus, if he needed to eat something at first and load time, as I said, so it makes sense to me that he could have been part of that first team, placing him with his bobcat in Pontius Springs and the bobcat starting at 7.08. Now this would be just an hour before sunset. So the bobcat works the area for about three minutes, shuts down and then heads to another location nearby. It looks like it's near a river. It's a short drive. By 7.30 p.m., the bobcat starts up again. He works that area for six minutes shuts it down, and then goes back to the area near Anytime Fitness. At 7.52 p.m., the bobcat starts up again. He zips around the area for quite some time, although his bobcat does shut down and start up throughout, but he stays in the general area until 9.49 p.m. Here's where it gets weird. At some point after 9.49, Barry would go home. And it's not far, it's about a 15 minute drive home. If he drove home right away, it would be just about after 10 p.m. Also having to take into account Barry loading his bobcat, and he seems to do it fairly quickly, just judging from the times previously when he went to the other location. And remember around this time, this was also the time where everything started happening with restrictions and there was no camping in the area, there were fire restrictions, etc. So I'd love to know why Barry's Bobcat starts up at 2.29 a.m. at his house for three minutes. He starts it, it idles, then the idles end, and then it shuts down. Why?
Now let's take a look at the coordinates. 229, it's near the bush, it moves at 231, 232, moves again, then it shuts down. Now, I don't know why a person would come at 2.30 in the morning. Did he remember it and he needed to move it? What was going on? Was Barry unloading his bobcat so that he can take his vehicle for a little drive? Why 2.30? What was he doing before this? And would Suzanne hear him or was she sound asleep? Now, what's also interesting about the bobcat report is that it also starts on the date of the 4th. Don't you think that's interesting? But one thing that's missing on this report is the rest of the day of the 4th. The report begins at 7 p.m. So I do wonder, you know, what else did Barry do the rest of the day prior to the fire? Or was Barry at the fire hall or what else was he doing? For the rest of the week, Barry's Bobcat would then work Tuesday from 12.36 p.m. until 12.38 a.m. early Wednesday morning. Then Wednesday at 1.08 p.m. he'd work until midnight. Thursday, 1.12 p.m. until 9.23 p.m. Friday, 1.30 p.m. until 11.41 p.m. And, oh, what do we have here? Barry does another little late-night bobcatting. In the early hours of Saturday, May 9th, the same day that Suzanne would be last seen or heard of ever again, at 1.18 a.m. at his home, the bobcat runs for eight minutes which is just over an hour and a half from when he was at his last job. He finished at 11.41 from that job, and at some point he headed home. So I wonder here, what did he do in that time in between? And what is he doing at 1.18 a.m. that morning? It could be nothing, it could be something, but I'm just curious why the middle of the night? Restrictions are in place. Was he going somewhere after that, or was he somewhere before that? Let's take a look at those plots of what he's doing. In the six different plots, he's zipping around the driveway in various areas. Now, Saturday morning, which is the day anyone last seen or heard of Suzanne again, Barry wakes up and meets up with Morgan Gentile. And she's saying he's acting weird that morning and wanting to do the beach at the work site and saying, I want it flat, flat, flat. Now, according to the GPS report, he never used the Bobcat that morning. But something that one of my viewers showed me was a clip from another YouTuber called Criminal Minds. And he talked about Morgan Gentile. He said, Barry told Morgan Gentile that he was tired because he was fighting fires the night before, which would be the Friday, which would be a lie because he was doing work on this bobcat. So why is he lying? We do know he was up late, but why lie? Here's another interesting tidbit, and I'm going to have to do another deeper dive on it, so stay tuned for that. Make sure you hit that bell after you subscribe, and give it a like if you find this interesting. On Saturday, the bobcat strikes up at 1.33 p.m. and goes until 8 p.m. Now, there aren't any further pages in this report after that. It literally stops at 8.10 p.m. Wasn't that when Barry said he was getting intimate? with his wife who told her she was done. Early night, hey, Bear Bear? Now I wonder also, why isn't there information after that in the report? Is it that Barry didn't use the Bobcat? Was the GPS unhooked? Or is there information that maybe hasn't been released yet? What are your thoughts? As for Monday the 4th, as I said, it might not be anything, but if a person wanted to deliberately start a fire, that spot would make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, you can't have a random tree start on fire in the middle of the forest when there's not even lightning. Interesting also that week, 
a fire starts there, then the helmet ends up being near there, and in my chitter chatter video, I talked about how Barry sure didn't want anybody focusing in on that triangle, which is around his house, or that big hill, which included where the fire was. Also, the cabin intrigues me, and the story of the brothel. Would someone who just found out that their spouse was cheating on them put them where they think in their mind they should be, like a brothel? Now we know Barry is calculated, and if the fire is connected, there's a possibility that there's more to this story than we'd thought. What was Barry doing in the middle of the night twice that week? Is that his normal pattern? And what did he do right before and right after? Did he go back to the location of that fire? Let's hear your thoughts. Check out my Chitter Chatter video next. Please subscribe, like, and share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon. Barry Morphew, who was a volunteer fairy, fairy fighter. <laughs> Think about how much time you spend at home. Does your home really make you feel great? If not, it's time to change it. Now picture yourself coming home, seeing beautiful new furniture from Jordan's. Eating out or a vacation, those things just come and go. But walking into your room and loving what you see, you'll enjoy that every day. Right now, come to Jordan's Furniture and get 15% off everything or get up to 60 months with no interest. Call 1-866-245-4722 for financing details. Restrictions apply. Subject to credit approval.